This is the day the Lord has made. Come on, let's rejoice and be glad in it. I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, senior pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. And I want to say to everyone, Merry Christmas. This is Christmas morning. I hope and pray that you are making your way out to the house of worship to gather with other believers. But if you can't and you are with us, then may this serve as a satisfactory substitute to give you an opportunity to worship the Lord right where you are to join in with us in lifting voices among those Christmas songs and in the Christmas spirit so that you can really, really embrace what the real reason for the season is, and that's Jesus Christ. In the midst of everything that's going on in our world and the craziness and the insanity in our world over the last year, over the last three years, for somebody over the last five or ten years, even before the pandemic, listen, I need you to know that God is still on the throne and even he even if he did not rule in your favor he rules on your behalf and we are grateful and thankful to the lord for that man give god some praise wherever you are put some praise in the chat thank you for the privilege of your time today giving us an opportunity to inform your head inspire your heart and encourage your spirit to be all that god wants you to be man i am so excited about what God is doing in the life of our church. I'm looking forward to 2023. I hope you are as well. This is, I believe, the year for next level living. And when we talk about next level living, this is not about what we get. It's about what we're willing to give to God, to give him our all and all. Remember, you're not watching to make me a big preacher or us a big church. We are here to help you be the biggest and best Christian you can possibly be. Our scripture reading today comes from the 116th division of Psalms. Psalm 116, beginning at verse 12. And this is the word of the Lord. The ESV translation reads, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. I have read for you Psalm 116, verses 12 through 19, the ESV translation of the scriptures. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our proper response is, thanks be to God. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we thank you and we bless you for this day, uh, this day that in the Christian calendar has been set aside to celebrate your entry into this world. You were born to die. You came out of love to save your people from their sins, to pay the price for sins that you did not commit 
so that we would not have to pay for the sins that we did commit that we could not afford. We ask you, God, to bless right now as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to thank all of you who have been walking with us through our church-wide reset and our discipleship reset. And man, I am so excited about our pilot groups that are going to be kicking off in January. We have between 125 and 135 people who have registered now to go through our pilot groups. And then we're going to be launching church-wide, church-wide, beginning in April of 2023, if the Lord says the same. But I am so grateful, so excited. We've been working on this. We've been praying about it. I've asked you to pray about it uh, over the last year. And God has honored your prayers in the midst of some very difficult and challenging times. God has remained faithful. We've tried to be faithful to his call. And I am so looking forward to what God is going to do in the lives of his people. It is going to be life-changing, and I hope and pray that you are ready to see your life changed to the glory of God. Now, I want to encourage you as we're coming to the end of the year, this is what? The last Sunday in the year. This is the last Sunday. Next week is New Year's Day. So for those of you Giving may have slipped by you over this last year. Maybe you haven't honored the Lord in your tithes and your offerings as you should have. I want to encourage you to give this day, give this week as God has blessed you. Honor God in your giving that the kingdom work might continue to go forward. I was talking to somebody who literally had gone basically the entire year and had neglected their giving, not out of maliciousness, not out of meanness, just out of absent-mindedness. And so they said, you know, pastor, I'm going to give on Christmas day. And what a great present, what a great gift to give to the Lord, to honor the Lord on the day that we celebrate his birth. Everybody else wants a present on Christmas day. Why not give the Lord a gift and the kingdom work a gift on today? So I want to encourage you to give that gift to the day. Now, listen, uh, it's time for our praise and worship time And I want you to join in with this singing as we lift our voices uh, around the songs of the Advent season, celebrating the coming of our Lord. We look back on fond memories of the coming of our Lord, and we look forward in anticipation to the second Advent when he comes again. Let's worship the Lord together, and then following that, we'll have our word for today.
the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt his worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder's break. A new and glorious morn fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born.
Praise God, everybody. Praise God, everybody. We lift up his name. We lift up his person. We sing like the angels sang years ago, joy to the world, the Savior has come. We, we lift our voices to celebrate the birth of our Lord. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. And I pray that you're gathering family members and friends around you, those who may not have gone to church, send them the link and let them know there's never been a better time for hope. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. We pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say will bring glory and honor to you, will be pleasing in your sight, and will give praise to your name. We ask you, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, that you will speak through me so that your people will hear from you and make a change in their life and in their living on earth that will make a change in their destination in eternity. Bless now, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Now, we know the Christmas holidays can be a very, very stressful time. Uh, when you think about, for example, entertaining family members and you're thinking about the menu, uh, it can be a stressful time. Who's going to do all of the cooking and what cooking is going to be done? But another aspect of the Christmas holidays that can be tremendously stressful is the idea of shopping, shopping. Now, it's Christmas morning, so most of you, I hope, have already finished your Christmas shopping. Even if the present didn't arrive yet, hopefully you have already ordered it. Hopefully it is on the way. But let me tell you what's really the most stressful part of shopping. It's putting that list together and making sure you don't forget anybody off the list that should be on the list. Now, when we think about our shopping list, we typically put people on there who have been a blessing to us or people that we feel some kind of obligation to get something for, family members, friends, spouse, and the like. Mother, father, son, daughter, grandchildren, right? They all tend to show up on the shopping list. Now, for me, I remember as a little boy, I used to struggle with Christmas shopping, number one, because I didn't have any money, right? So I had to go ask for money from the people that I wanted to buy a gift for. I had to get the money from them. Uh, we kind of figured it out, though, right? Like my mom would give me money to get my dad a gift or would get the gift for my dad from me. Uh, my dad would typically give me some money to get a little gift from my mother or would buy the gift and say it was from me. Uh, grandparents, the same thing. But when I got old enough and I wanted to do my own shopping without my own money, uh, it was a challenge. It was a challenge for, for two reasons. Uh, one, it was hard to think through what they really needed, uh, especially for my grandparents, right? It was like, they seemed to have everything. Like, what can I get for them that they need? And then the second thing was, if they need it, can I afford it? It's like, hey, my grandfather may say he wants to get a new car, but I couldn't afford to get him a new car. So what can I give to him for everything that he has done for me? 
Now, my brothers and sisters, if you think about the most difficult person for you to shop for, think about how much harder it would be if you had to put God on your shopping list. Like, think about, first of all, does God deserve to be on your shopping list? And then secondly, if he does deserve to be on your shopping list, what are you going to get God? I mean, I mean, what are you going to buy the God who has everything? No question he qualifies to be on your shopping list. Look at Psalm 145, verse 9. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. Matthew chapter 545, the New Living Translation says, in that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. James chapter 1, verse 17, the ICB Bible, every good action and every perfect gift is from God. These good gifts come down from the creator of the sun, moon, and stars. God does not change like their shifting shadow. John 3, 27 says, John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. Romans eleven thirty six verse A says, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. First Corinthians chapter four, verse seven says, for what gives you the right to make such a judgment, what do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? So if God has blessed you with all that you have, what gift does God deserve this Christmas? Now, let me tell you something. If you're thinking about what to give God for Christmas, maybe the first challenge is where would you shop for God? Like what store would you go to? I mean, when we're thinking about buying gifts, right, your budget will determine what store you're going to. If you were like me as a kid, I went to the local drugstore uh, right there on Reed Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. It's now called Malcolm X Boulevard. Went to the drugstore around the corner because he would have some gift sets there that we could buy for Christmas gifts and birthday gifts. Uh, you may go to the mall now. You may go to a high-end store now, depending on how much you want to spend for the gift for the person that you're buying it for. But where would you go and shop for God? I mean, the problem is he owns everything, right? The Bible says a cattle on a thousand hills belongs to him. Without him, nothing was created. His hand was in everything. So what will you get for God? My brothers and my sisters today, for a few moments, I just want to talk to you very quickly from the thought, what to give to the God who has everything? What do you give to the God who has everything? Uh, three things I want you to see today uh, that I believe will give you some uh, great steps on what to give to God that will not only serve the Lord well on this holiday season, but help position you to serve the Lord well 
as you move out of the Christmas season into the New Year season. Three things I want you to see. Here's the first thing. Number one, you must give God your person. What to give to the God who has everything. Number one, give God your person. Give God your person. Psalm uh, 116, verse 12 uh, begins, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? Uh, When I think about the goodness of God in my life, when I think about all that God has done for me, when I think about how he has washed over me, how he has taken care of me, how he's made a way for me, how he's kept me from danger seen and unseen. When I think about all of the benefits of God on my life, what shall I render? What shall I give to God for all his benefits towards me? Look at verse 13. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Verse 16. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. What what shall I give? I will give my person. Now now look at A. He he begins by saying, um, I will lift up the cup of salvation. So I will will give him my, my salvation. I will give him my soul. I will yield myself to him in terms of my relationship with the Lord. Somebody today who is watching near or far, you are sitting there this Christmas holiday season, and I'm challenging you today, instead of lamenting what is not under your tree, instead of being sorrowful for what you did not get, what present you did not receive, stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about what you're going to give to the person whose birthday we are actually celebrating on today. What are you going to give to God? First, you start by giving him your person, your salvation. Accepting him as Savior and Lord. But it's not just salvation. It doesn't stop there. Because we give ourselves to the Lord first and foremost in terms of salvation. But we also have to continually give ourselves to the Lord in terms of our sanctification and be our service to the Lord. That's why he said, verse 16, O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. You and I belong to God's family. Uh, you, you and I are his servants. He, he saved us, but, but he doesn't stop there. He, he saves us and, and he desires to sanctify us so that we can serve him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, and he wants us to serve him in both intensity and integrity, in both spirit and in truth. So the first thing I need to do, if I'm thinking about what to give to God, give him your person. Now, somebody may say, well, Pastor, I hear you, and, and, and you know, I've, I've, I've heard this before, and, and I'm saved. I'm, I'm saved. Yeah, but here's what I want to encourage you to do. I encourage you to represent yourself in a spirit of sanctification. Listen, 
you gave that special someone a gift 10 years ago. And you gave that special someone, if they're still in your life, a gift nine years ago and eight years ago. You don't show up this Christmas season and say, eh, got nothing to give you. Gave you everything in the past. Whatever you got, that's it. I'm done. No, every year you come back. On their birthday, you come back to give that celebration. If you're married on your anniversary, you come back to recommit and, and restate your love for that person. My brothers and sisters, listen, just like we buy Christmas presents for people every year, I submit that we need to give ourselves to the Lord afresh and anew every year. Look at Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Romans Chapter 12, beginning at verse 1, the New Living Translation. Read it with me, if you will, wherever you are. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the, the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The signs of good thinking, <laughs> that which is good, that which is pleasing and that which is perfect to God. Here's a second thing. We're talking about what to give to the God who has everything. Number two, you must give God your possessions. You must give God your possessions. Start with your person, but then he says, secondly, I need to give God my possessions. Verse 14, Psalm 116, I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Go down to verse 18. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people in the courts of the house of the Lord in, the, in your midst, O Jerusalem. You must give God your possessions. Now, listen to me carefully. The paying of vows was made by the beneficiary who had received the goodness of another, in this case, the goodness of God, and the vow was made in response to receiving that specific promise that was made by God. That promise fulfilled now requires a proper response from the person who made the commitment or made the vow to God looking for that blessing to come from God. In other words, if God is the blesser and you made a commitment to God and you said anything that resembled, God, if you do this for me, I promise you I'll do this. Uh, I'll promise you I'll, I'll live for you. I, I, I promise I'll be willing to die for you. I promise I'll, I'll give and support of the kingdom work. God, if you just get me out of this situation, God, you won't have any more problems with me. 
The psalmist says, pay your vows, your commitment to God. God, I'm going to honor you by giving you a, a tithe of, of, of what you bless me with. And, and some of you who are listening right now, you tithe to God. You gave God 10%. Not as a requirement of the law, but as a principle of giving, you made a commitment to give 10% to the Lord and you honored the Lord with 10% when you had little. Now God has blessed you with much and now you can't be found. Your giving is not consistent. It is sporadic at best. The psalmist says, honor God with your possessions. When you make a commitment to God, honor your commitment to God. Give God your possessions. Now, let me say this to somebody who may be listening right now. Maybe the reason you're struggling with giving God your possessions is because you truly haven't given God your person. You know, we think about the rich young ruler uh, that Jesus spoke to him and, and he said he had done all that he knew to do to keep the law, uh, what was missing in his life in order to see the kingdom of heaven. And, and Jesus said, take all your possessions and give them to the poor and then you'll be ready. And, and the Bible says that rich young ruler walked away saddened. Uh, he was deeply saddened. He was grieved uh, because he had so many possessions and, and we're quick to criticized that rich young ruler because clearly he had a love for money above his love for heaven. But let me ask you this. I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that, that when you have too much to give it all, then you have too much to honor and bless the Lord with. Somebody who's watching, you don't have nearly what that rich young ruler had. But if Jesus said to you, give your all to the poor, would you be quickly willing to give your all to honor the master? See, when you recognize that every good and perfect gift has come from God and what you have, you have been given by God. And what you give back to God is not a surprise to God because God already knows what he has blessed you with. Then the question is, will you honor God with your giving? Psalm 50 verse 14 says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. First Chronicles 29, verse 14, 16 through 17. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand, and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things, and now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. You remember the scene of 1 Chronicles 29. David is gathering everything to build the house of God and the Bible says David has called the people to bring this offering. And David responds to the generosity of the people 
by praising God and saying to God, all things come from you, Lord. And of your own have we given to you. In other words, we've just given back to you, God, out of what you have blessed us with. Uh, it's a test of our hearts to see if we will obey you and give to you as you have given to us. I was in the Bahamas preaching at a church and I was doing a, a, a stewardship segment in the message talking about giving back to God. And so prior to the service, I asked one of the deacons um, to come in the back. I wanted to talk to him. And I said, Deacon, I said, listen, I need you to help me in my sermon today. He said, sure, Rev, anything you need. I said, well, I said, this is what I need. Um, I'm going to give you a $50 bill. Here's a $50 bill. I'm giving you this $50 bill. And when I get to the point in the service in my sermon, when I ask for somebody to give me a $50 bill, not just $50, but I'm going to ask specifically for a $50 bill, I want you to get up and give me the $50 bill that I've given to you. I said, you understand? He said, yes, sir. I said, now, can I trust you? He kind of laughed and chuckled. He said, yes, yeah, no problem, no problem. I said, okay, so in the sermon, I'm going to ask for somebody to give me a $50 bill and I'm going to need you to get up and give me a $50 bill right away. He said, no problem. So I get in the sermon, I'm preaching and, and I get to that point of the illustration and I said, now, I said, uh, I need somebody in here right now to go in your pocket and give me a $50 bill right now. I need a $50 bill right now. And that deacon didn't move. Nobody moved. And I said, I need somebody right now to give me a $50 bill. Nobody moved. Including the deacon that I gave the money to. So I literally walk up on him. Stand in front of him and say, I need somebody to give me a $50 bill right now. And he looked up, and then he jumped. He said, oh, like, that's my cue. Went in his pocket and gave me a $50 bill. You should have saw the look on his wife's face. His wife looked as if to say, where'd you get $50 from? How come I don't know anything about that? I took the $50, and I explained what just happened. I asked for a $50 bill. And I specifically was looking for a $50 bill from that deacon. And the reason I asked for a $50 bill and I specifically looked to him to give me a $50 bill is because I gave it to him before service. I knew he had it. Lord have mercy. And I had already given him instructions to give it to me when I asked for it. I'm trying to help somebody here today. You may not want to shout, just say ouch if you can't say nothing else. Because here's what I know. Whenever God asks you to give, whenever God leads you to give, God already knows what you have. You can't say to God, God, I don't have it. I don't have it, God. I don't have it. Because God says, no, I gave it to you before I asked you for it. And I'm only asking for a portion of what I have already given to you. You can't give 
a tenth to God and live on the 90. Somebody, I don't have it. Man, man what, what, what would you think I would have thought of that deacon if between the time I gave it to him in the office and the time we came out for service, if that deacon told me I don't have it? I had to spend it on something else. I had to do something more important with it than that. Oh, my God. How's he going to tell me that? When I know what he has because I put it in his hands. My brothers and my sisters, this Christmas holiday, to the God who has everything, give him your possessions. Because watch this. You cannot outgive God. You cannot beat God giving. And I've learned something over the years. Whenever the Lord has led me to bless somebody, whenever the Lord has led me to give something to somebody, I have never missed what God told me to give to somebody to bless them. Now, when I've given on my own or I'm trying to do something on my own, I don't know what's going to happen. But when I give out of what God has told me to give, God has always honored his word. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you must give God your praise. What should I give to the God who has everything? I must give God my person. I must give God my possessions. And I must give God my praise. You must this Christmas give God your person. You must this Christmas give God your possessions. And you must this Christmas Give God your praise. Watch what he says in verse 17, Psalm 116. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. That is in the spirit and act of thankfulness. I am to give God thanks. I am to give God praise. We all know that thanks is not limited to thanksgiving. The psalmist says, thanks should be a part of my daily offering to the Lord. Uh, that word for thanksgiving, todah, the, the extending of our hands in terms of our uh, ocular demonstration of praise, it, it's rooted in this idea of, of saying, uh, thank you, uh, thanks, thanksgiving, thankfulness to God for his many blessings. And then watch verse 19. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Now the word praise there, praise the Lord, praise there is the word halal, and it means to shine, it means to, to make a show, it means to be boastful, uh, to be proud of my praise in God. Uh, because I'm proud of my relationship with God. I I'm not trying to hide it. It is, it is a relationship that's worth celebrating. Todah and halal, two powerful words that connote the idea of thankfulness and praise to God. That when I think about God's goodness in my life, when I chronicle all that Christ has done for me, how he has saved me, how he has raised me, how he has blessed me, how he has delivered me, how he has made a way for me. I am to respond in praise. I am to respond in praise. Psalm 50 verse 
23 says, the sacrifice that honors me is a thankful heart. Obey me, and I, your God, will show my power to save. Hosea 14, 2, return to the Lord and say, please forgive our sins, accept our good sacrifices of praise instead of bulls. Jonah 2, verse 9, let's read it together if you will. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord. Hebrews 13, 15, read this last verse with me. So through Jesus, let us always offer to God our sacrifice of praise coming from lips that speak his name. Offer to God our sacrifice of praise. Since God has blessed you with all that he has blessed you with, is there anything more fitting than to give God a unique, one-of-a-kind gift? And that's you. You see, all he wants for Christmas is you. All he wants for this Christmas holiday is for you to present yourself to the Lord, to present your possessions to the Lord, to present your praise to the Lord. So this Christmas, Maybe you've done it in the past. Do it again. Get, get one of those bows and, and pin it on yourself. Uh, you, you want a witnessing tool today to share with others? T- take a bow and take the sticker off, put it on you, stick it on your shirt or blouse, or, or pin it on so it'll stay on. And walk around with that bow today. And, and when somebody asks you, they say, man, what is that about? Is it your birthday? He said, no, no, it's, it's Jesus' birthday. We're celebrating Jesus' birthday. Why, why are you wearing a bow? Because I'm giving myself to the Lord as a present. Your person, your possessions, and your praise. That's a gift that the Lord will be excited about. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this gift that we can give to the Lord. It is in many ways the most priceless, expensive gift that we can give because it cannot be measured by dollar signs. It's measured by the commitment of our life to God. And I pray, God, that we would today make that determination, that dedication to give our lives to the Lord in a special, special way. And for somebody who is saved today, I pray, God, that they would recommit their lives to you. To refocus, re-energize their lives so that their lives will be even more pleasing in your sight as we go into this next year. We ask your blessings now 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those of you who may be watching today, um, I've told you there's no greater gift that you can give on this Christmas day than the giving of yourself. If you need the Lord in your life, you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord. I'm not talking about a membership at the Good Hope Church. I'm talking about a relationship with the Lord. I want to encourage you to click on the link that is on the screen now or to go to our website, download our app, and go to the link that says, I want to be saved, but how? I want to be a Christian, but how? And I will show you privately in prayer via video how to ask Jesus Christ into your life. Now, if you're in the chat room, just put in the chat, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to the Lord. And one of our spiritual Christian workers who are working on the virtual platform will take you into a side room and show you how to ask the Lord into your life. If you're looking for a church home and you believe this is where God wants you to be, whether it's in person or on the digital platform, man, we would love to have you part of our church family. We are launching in January our discipleship program. And one of our commitments is not only to reset our discipleship emphasis to help people know Jesus and grow in Jesus in person, but to bring it to the digital platform as well. And one of the key pieces to making sure that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ is your relationship with the Lord vertically and your relationship with brothers and sisters horizontally. Relationship is the key to discipleship, not the dissemination of information, but it's how you take what you know and flesh it out and live it every day of your life. So I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to click on that link and say, man, I want to become part of our church family. Every week we're seeing people either online or in person who are coming to become part of our church family, and we would love for you to join us on the journey. Remember, we are nothing but imperfect people serving a perfect God. And when I say imperfect, I mean all of us fall short of the glory of God and all of our righteousness is as filthy rags before God. But thanks be to God for the blood of Jesus that never loses its power. Now, let me say this, on next week, next Sunday is New Year's Day. We are going to be in person on January the 1st in the sanctuary, 3015 North McGregor Way here in the city of Houston. And we will be online as well with our digital offering. No New Year's Eve service in person, but we will have a digital offering for you to see the New Year's in. And I'm excited about it. Um, we're praying, asking God to give us direction. Um, but I believe God has a powerful, powerful message for us as we get ready to leave 2022 and to go into 2023. We see the Omicron variants uh, on the rise and the flu on the rise, a number of people who are catching pneumonia and colds and, and all kinds of things. Man, we want to be careful. We want to take care of ourselves. Uh, we want to watch, fight, and pray. And so I pray that you are doing all that you need to take care of yourself, especially as these cold fronts come through and give us this inordinately cold weather uh, that we're not accustomed to. I know here in Texas and other parts of the country as well. Uh, so we're going to pray for each other 
and see each other through. And let me just give you this preview. Next month, next month, beginning in January 2023, um, I've got a new series that we're going to be starting around the one another's. And it's going to be titled Blessing Others by Living the One Another's. We're going to be talking about what it means to be in relationship with other people and specifically with the saints of God. And what does it mean to love one another, encourage one another, bless one another? Over and over again, we see in the Bible that there is a call, a mandate for us to interact with each other properly around the one another's. And we're going to be talking about that beginning in January of 2023. So we're looking forward to God doing some great things. And uh, listen, don't forget, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. And don't forget to worship the Lord in giving. Six ways you can worship the Lord in giving here at Good Hope. Those of you who may not have worshiped the Lord this entire year in giving, it's not too late to give. For some of you, you may want to do it for tax reasons, etc. And if you don't want to give to the church, you can still give to Hope for Families, which is our 501c3, our not-for-profit organization. So for those of you who may have a charitable donation that you want to give, you can give to Hope for Families. It's through Hope for Families that we do our food pantry. It's through Hope for Families that we do our diversionary program for young men and young women. And so you're welcome to partner with us in that kingdom work as well. All right. Until next year, God says the same. I see. Well, wait a minute. No, I should see you on New Year's Eve, right? I should see you New Year's Eve for our devotional service, New Year's Eve, virtually, and then New Year's Day. All right. So until next time, God bless is my prayer. Take care. Sing joy, 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 sing joy